I want to talk for a few minutes around the idea of the power of an invite, the power of an invite. There's something about an invitation that can change someone's life. So let's talk about that. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for what you're doing in people's church. We thank you for our pastors. Lord, we pray right now that you would help us to lean in. Lord, help us to see something out of your word. Lord, no matter where we're at in our life, Father, if we've walked in with some heavy things on our heart or we've walked in maybe... It's our first time to be a part of People's Church at a campus or here. Lord, I believe you have something for us. It's not by an accident. It's just not by coincidence that we're gathered here in these moments. Lord, you brought us here. So, Lord, encourage, lift up, speak something to our hearts, because every single person matters to God. We love you. We love you. In Jesus' name, everybody said a good amen. I want you to turn to the person next to you and say, I'm glad you made it to church today. Come on, be nice. Now, turn to this, the person that was your second option now and, and tell them, you look like you could use a little church, my friend. That's how we say it down south, church uh, church uh. Luke chapter 14, verse 15 through 24, I want to read a, a parable that Jesus told to a group of people. He was at a gathering, and, and he sat talking about some things, and the people at the gathering begin to look at each other, and then they begin to talk to him about something he's talking about because Jesus said words, and when he would talk, they would sense something and feel something, and they had never heard words like that. So, so often he would be sitting in a group, and there would be these conversations, and this is one of those windows into a conversation. Then he tells a story about a great banquet or a great gathering or a great party. And so we'll read from it in Luke chapter 14, verse 15. It says, when one of those at the table with him heard this, Jesus talking about different things. He said to Jesus, blessed is the man who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. So they're, they're at a gathering eating. Jesus is talking about what the kingdom of God is like, about what's important to God as it relates to gathering people. And this man makes a comment about it, and it sends Jesus into this amazing story that I believe has so much to say to us at People's Church so Jesus replied and said, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited, that's a key word, invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. The party is ready. We're we, we about to get this party going. It's, it's a few hours away. It's getting ready to be lit. Come on. It, it, everything's ready. Cater's here. DJ showed up. It's on. We're having it. It's, it's just not a fake. We're actually having the party. But look what happens. It says, uh, but all they all alike began to make excuses. What an interesting word that Jesus used. The first said, I've just bought a field and I must go and see to it. Please excuse me. So he has possessions that are distracting him from the invitation that he had received and the opportunity to be at the party. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen. I'm on my way to try them out. I'm busy. Got a lot going on. Real, real important. A lot of things on my schedule. And I can't, I can't, excuse me, I can't make it. They're making excuses. I love this last excuse. Still another said, I just got married. Look at He's going to throw his wife under the bus. Yeah, I can't come because my wife can't get ready. She can get her nails done and got her hair ready. Ain't no way we're going to make it to the party. So he, he blames his wife, blames the relationship. So often a relationship is an excuse. And he, he, he blames her. But there, and, and so he, he says, please excuse me. The servant came back and reported this to the master. Then the owner of the house became angry. Remember, Jesus is telling this story. He's using these words. 
And then he ordered, what a strong word, word, he ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and the alleys in the town. Bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you have ordered has been done, but there's still room. Then the master told his servant, go out again to the roads and the country lanes, or as one version of the Bible says, the highways and the byways, and make them come in, compel them, uh, lean into them, uh, encourage them to come in. And here's the theme of the story. Here's the point of the story, so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those men who were invited will get to have a taste of my banquet. Can I have a good amen for God's word? I love that scripture. I love everything about it. I love the power of an invite. Jesus is talking about the power of an invitation. When we started pastoring our church, we started so small. Uh, we planted our church in Louisiana. I didn't know a lot of people. We're just trying to get to know people. We're just trying to be out among people. Um, and, and so I got invited, uh, I heard about this uh, gathering. And so uh, they had issued this general invite to this gathering of city leaders and religious leaders and political leaders and community-involved people. And so I, I thought, oh, I'll go to that. It would be uh, awesome. I saw it in a magazine. So I sent my name in. It was a two-day event. And so I, I showed up. Uh, at the event, it's big, big together, probably a thousand people there, 1,200 people there. It's a big hotel, big gathering, big conference center. I was so excited about it. I walked up to get my name tag. Because you get a little name tag, you register, and they can't find my name. How many knows that's a point of anxiety immediately? You're not on the list. And so it's like an announcement, he's not on the list. It's like, a thousand, ladies and gentlemen, he is not on the list. And then they send me to like the banished line, like the line that nobody's in because you're not registered correctly. So I go over to this other line, and it's like a sticker tag. Everybody else has printed name tags. I got a sticker tag that says, hello, my name is, and the lady misspelled my name and didn't say D-I-N-O. It was G-I-N-O. I'm Gino, not Dino. And so she misspells my name, and I walk into this, this big gathering. Don't know nobody. Can't find a soul I know. But you got to act like you know people because you can't act. You know, If not, you're just awkward. He's like, how y'all doing? Good to see y'all. And people are like, who's that guy? And I'm sweating. I'm in a suit. I'm hot. I'm nervous. I'm awkward. I just roll up on people's conversations. <laughs> I don't know you, Gino. And then, uh, and then, and that was pre-cell phone. Talk to me. You got a cell phone. You got an out. Need to check. I got a lot of important stuff going on. No cell phones, so you're just walking around. I go to the bathroom like 15 times. I'm sweating. I'm talking to the servers like they're my friends. And, and, and so the security's watching me. Gino's going to the bathroom one more time. We got, we got a sweater. We got a sweater. I leave early. I'm embarrassed. I'm leaving. And, and someone recognizes me and says, uh, Pastor Dino, Reverend Dino, come here, hurry. And I, I walk. We just started attending your church. She's the lady that's putting on the event. We just started attending. Love, come back. I want you to meet our special guest. So I go back. I'm sweating. I go back in the room, and, and she's like, oh, that name tag's not correct. This is Dino Rizzo. Introduce me to all the guests of honor and the MCs, the high levels. And, and I said, oh, it's good. I'm, she said, we want you to come back tomorrow. I think I got a lot to do. I need to go watch the grass grow. I'm going to need to sit in my chair. I, I'm not putting myself in that situation again. Come on, somebody. You know what I mean? I'm not walking up in there again like that. I've had enough. She says, oh, no, no, we'll take care of you. 
Please come back tomorrow night. So I go back the next night, and I walk up, and I'm thinking, here we go. And I walk in, and Lay says, are you Dino Rizzo? Yes, ma'am. Please come over here. She gives me not a name tag that's been printed. She gives me my name tag that's on a lanyard. How you like me now, brother, got a lanyard. Lanyard. Y'all ain't got one of these. And so I, I go, and she, come back this way. We're going to the green room. I meet everybody, the guest of honor there. He's a national figure. He said, we talk. He says, hey, I want you to walk in with me. I just love what you're doing. I love your heart for the poor. I love what you're doing in the community. You walk in with me. So the music starts, and this place is packed. And I walk in with, every, with, the, with the, the guest of honor, and I walk in with her. The security's like, the sweater's back. The sweater's back. But I'm with the guest of honor. I'm like, y'all need to get up out my face. Excuse me. Excuse me, please. Roll up at the head table, talking to people, taking pictures. Got my lanyard. You want to take a picture of my lanyard? Had an incredible experience. Now, can I tell you something? I was the same guy on the second night. Oh, you're not hearing me. As I was on the first night. I was the same Gino Rizzo. Come on. I was still sweating. I was the same person. But the difference was I was on the invite list. The difference the second night was I was with the ones that were throwing the party. I was invited. It was who I was with that was making the difference. The power of an invitation is so interesting in your life. I love this story in Luke because Jesus is telling it. He's talking about the power of an invite. There's so many things I love about this story. Just I wrote down a few facts out of this story. I'm going to pull it out of Scripture because you're a word church. And the first thing I pull, I wrote down party facts from Luke 14. Here's the first thing, the most important thing out of this story is that Jesus loved parties. Matter of fact, about every party he went to was at a house. So can I say it like this? Jesus loved house parties. Now I'm not talking about the Sam Huck kind of house party. I'm talking about kid in play. Where you at? Old school. I'm talking about old school. I don't know nothing about the Sam Hunt stuff. I'm talking about old school kid in play. He loved house because every party he went to was at a house. His first, his first miracle was at a house party. It was a wedding party. Over and over again, you see this, this theme of Jesus going to gatherings. And, and, and now, I did not grow up thinking that Jesus would like a party. In my spiritual understanding, I thought Jesus liked root canals. And he liked, you know, just cold, dreadful moments. But when I read Scripture, Jesus loved parties. And the reason why he loved parties and he was a party goer was because he loved people. He wanted to be where people were. He wanted to be about the people. That's what I love about people's church. You're about people. It's okay to be not okay. It's okay to have your stuff and your situation. You're welcome at people's church at every campus. Even though not everything is perfect, you still sort through some things. Jesus enjoys that environment. I believe that's why he's here. Here's some other things I pull out of here that in life excuses can cause you to miss out. Think about those, those three individuals who made excuses. They never got to enjoy uh, the blessings of the master. When you make excuses about giving or you make excuses about being a part or you make excuses about committing your time or your talent or your time to the house of God, when you make excuses about being a part of what God is doing today, can I tell you something? You miss out. Excuses cause you to miss out in your family, raising kids, uh, having deep relationships. Another thing is that Jesus always made parties more meaningful. He always makes a party more meaningful. He always brings truth into every party, into every gathering, into a marriage, 
into relationships. He makes things more meaningful. He gives us purpose and understanding. He helps us to redefine life and why things are the way they are. Another thing I pull out of this is Jesus was always expanding the party list. You know how in a party, you know you have those people that are includers. I'm an includer. If my wife says, let's have a party, let's do it for about 20 people, I'm going to invite 40 people. I like a full party. How many of you ever rolled up on a party ain't nobody there? What, you open the door, what's up? Yeah! Where about at? I got to go back to work, see y'all later. I don't like being at no party ain't nobody at. I want to go to a party where some people are at. I, I love being around it. I enjoy that. And I love this about Jesus. He kept expanding the list. He was an adder. He was a bringer. He was an includer. He was an opening up type of Savior. He was always bringing things open to more people. And what's amazing are the religious are trying to close the door. Jesus is trying to open the door. See, religion will try to shut people out. Jesus will try to bring people in. That's the difference. That's the difference. Amen. Give you another one is what I love about this is as Jesus expanded the list, the servers had to keep making adjustments. So he just said, oh, no, no, we're not done yet. And you need to go back out. Well, I thought we were done. No, no, I need you to go back out and find this group of people. I need you to make sure that you're looking and you're noticing and you're aware of others. See, we as, those of us who have found Christ, we have to keep being flexible and fluid so that others can know Christ. Whether we go to another campus or, or we change up a service time or we begin to make a three-month tithe commitment or we serve as a leader of a small group or we're a part of a day where we bring hope to a community. We keep being fluid and flexible in our schedule and in our life. Why? So that, up, so that the list can keep being expanded. The party can keep growing to other people because we're not done yet. The house is not full. We've got to continue to work and love and give and serve. God's house is full. God's kingdom is still expanding to other people. You know, I came to Christ through outreach. We were not a church-going family. We would have never went to church. We were in a tourism community, and therefore we worked the weekends. We never got up in the morning and said, let's go to church. It's not something we did. Therefore, the church had to come to me. Thank God for a church like People's Church that, that did an outreach on a Saturday, went outside the walls of their church and, and said, let's go, let's go be the church in the community. Let's go be the church to people that are not yet here. And, and so that church had an outreach, and, and they reached out to a community and shared the love of God. It was an appealing thing. It was a, they were very inviting to me when I had a conversation with them. And then they gave me a little invitation to Jesus. Back in those days, we called them a gospel track. I didn't know what it was, but it was something that made me interested. And from there, two weeks later, I found myself in a moment where I bowed my knee to Jesus and received Jesus Christ as my Savior, June the 21st, 1982. And the reason why was because a church made a decision to expand the list and to reach out. Now, it, I think about it in my own life. I was reached due to outreach. What a tragedy it would be that uh, as I received an invitation, I love this invitation, Wild World, we, we think that it's an invitation uh, to a, a back-to-school carnival. It is all that, but can I tell you something? It's much more. This is actually a sample to someone that God loves them and God cares about them. 
So I received my little sample. Wouldn't it be a tragedy that after I received my invite and, and, and through that process received Christ, that as I stepped through the gospel door and I, and I found forgiveness and I found healing and I found grace and, and I found a group of people that would accept me even though I was not okay. Wouldn't it be a tragedy that when I stepped through the church door, when I stepped through the kingdom door, that I shut the door behind me? Oh, what a tragedy. No, see, the goal of the gospel is that he saved me. He found me so that I could help find someone else. He forgave me so that I could help somebody else find forgiveness. See, once I stepped through the door, the goal of my life, the purpose of my life, the existence of my life is to keep the door open so that I can get as many people through the door as possible with my giving, with my serving, with my caring, and my participation. Come on, clap your hands if you believe that. It's a principle of the kingdom. It's an invitation. The power of an invite. As I read this, I break this down. I want to give you some applications. So I wrote down some, some, some thoughts around this, how, how invitations feel good and, 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 and what these invitations are for us as well as for others. Because an, an invitation, it feels good to be on the invite list. Even though sometimes I can't attend everything, I like being invited. Uh, there, there's this thing that they call now FOMO. Have you heard of FOMO? Which is the fear of missing out. That's why so many people spend so much time on their phone because they don't want to miss out on anything. You know, you see other people's life on Instagram, I mean Instagram, and, and, they're, and they're telling me, oh my, it's so awesome. It's so, you're like, I'm missing out. I'm at work. Why am I at work? They're having so much fun. Just oh, missing out. And there's this there's a new fear, this phobia of, of missing out. Can I tell you something? I'll tell you the true the true missing out. Is I, I don't want anybody in, in, in my reach. I really don't want anybody in my serve or in my neighborhood or in my opportunity to miss out on the greatest invitation. Because I found it and I want somebody else to find it. You, you say, what is this invitation? And I believe it's an invitation to Wild World. I believe it's an invitation to a small group. I believe it's an invitation to church. I'll tell you five things this invitation is. The first thing, it's an invitation to rest. So many people need that. I love that verse. Many of you, you know this verse, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Jesus says these words. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened or heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We're living in a world full of unrest. Our nation is it. There's an unrestlessness among people. There's an unrestlessness with marriages and with those fighting addiction and all kinds of things that are happening in our families, our, our single moms, our single dads, our blended families. There's an unrestlessness. And, and as a church and as a people, we, we stand before mankind, broken humanity, and say there is peace and rest in Jesus. You are not alone in your storm. You are not alone in your suffering. The invitation that we offer, the invitation that is here today, a few moments one of our pastors is going to come and give you an invitation to Jesus. Can I tell you something? It's an invitation to rest. There ain't no peace like the peace of God. There's no peace about like having the peace of God. The other thing it is, is amen, it's an invitation to discover. It's an invitation to discover purpose. It's an invitation to discover that I have a role that's an invitation to discover where you can know God. 
can grow in God. You can make a difference with your life. You can, you can find some purpose in your life. And you can discover that, that God wants to use you. Kind of discover the what for and why am I here. And there's got to be more to life. That's, that's what I love about a church that helps you, you know, kind of know what's next. Is you can discover what's next for your life. You can, you can discover that, that place where you, you can begin to understand why you, why, the, way God, why, the way God wired you and why you care about those things and why you're aware of those things. That sort of church, it's help, it helps people to discover purpose and fulfillment in their life. How many people are just woke up this morning that have no purpose, have no direction, may have a lot of stuff? but they don't have any purpose. The other thing that this invitation is, it's an invitation to serve, to serve. You know, one of the things I came to Christ and got involved with that little church, and I'll never forget when them looked at me, one of those, those leaders in the church, small group leader, he said, hey, man, don't forget, you've been saved to serve, not saved to spectate. Oh, come on, somebody. That was a good, that was a good little first hit from one of those pastors. Hey, look at me now. You've been saved. God's helped you out of some of that stuff, and God's forgiven you, and it's given you a new beginning. you got a fresh start in your life. But remember, it's, it's not to just consume. It's to contribute. It's not just to spectate. It's to serve. You've been saved to serve your life. God can use you with, with all the stuff, all the seasons, all the moments, all the good, all the success, all the bad. God can redeem all those things, and, and God will use you. See, every time we reach out, it's an invitation to serve God and to serve others. And then the other thing that it is, it's an invitation to others. See, once he reaches us, he reaches through us to reach other people. That God wants to use you to reach other people. So not me, not what I've been through, not what, not what I've gone through. You're not, you're not really, God, God can't use me. You don't know what's happened in my life. No, God wants to use you. Your life can be inviting no matter what you've been through. The blood of Jesus and the cross and forgiveness and, and being able to, to understand who God is and who you are in God, uh, an identity shift, a, a value redefining, that, that God can use you to be a blessing to other people. I came across this scripture the other day that just so blessed me. It's in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6 through 7. And it, it, it just assured me again that no matter the storms, no matter the ups and downs, no matter the chapters that I've been through, Lord, make my life inviting. Let me live my life in a way that it's inviting to hurting people, that it's inviting to broken people, that it's inviting to those that are not yet here. I love this 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. So be truly glad there's wonderful joy ahead. Boy, wouldn't it be nice if the verse just stopped there? Even though you must endure many trials for a little while, these trials will, look what it says, will show. It's an invitation. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It's being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong, when you remain strong through the storms and through the hurts and through the pains and through the ups and downs of your life, when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Lord, help me to live my life in a way that I'm faithful to you through the ups, through the loss, through the good, through the bad, that my life is inviting to other people. Not that my life is perfect. Not that my life is always successful. Can I tell you something? I can learn from your success, but I really learn when you go through something that's painful and you come out on the other side still in love with God. 
Thank God for the people in my life that remain faithful through a battle, remain faithful through a loss, because as they lived their life through their pain, it was inviting to me. That's what the world needs. The world doesn't need a perfect person. The world needs someone who has just stayed pure to God. Better what they've been through. God can use you. Your life can be inviting. can be so inviting. The power of an invite. You know, I grew up with a speech challenge. I didn't talk real well, and so first grade, I ended up in speech therapy. So for the first eight years of my educational life, I was in what they call back in those days resource. I mean, it's, back in those days, it was a little painful. It, they weren't a lot of sensitivity, weren't a lot of uh, kindness. They just, you know, homeroom, get on the loudspeaker. Hey, we having fish sticks for lunch. Get those resource kids down here. God bless you. You just get up out of homeroom. What's up? Going to resource. Where you at? Just roll to resource. So for eight years, I was in speech therapy, learning. And then you go to regular school about, about 1230. You know, eighth, ninth grade, I, I was able to help with my speech. And, but in that time, you just go to regular And I love going to regular school because I excelled in two areas. One of them was honors recess. Come on. I was good at recess. About 1230 show up class. And then the other one was, was show and tell. I don't know if you know anything about show and tell. Show and tell was back in the day. It kind of filled a little bit of time as a teacher. You can bring something, you show it, and then you tell about it. And so at the end of the year, I think it was around fifth, sixth grade, we were having a show and tell grand finale. And so I was sitting there, and they passed around a sheet of paper, and it was blank. You write your name by. I was one of the last ones on the list with another young man. And so it came to me and Dino Rizzo, and I wrote G.I. Joe. And then I passed it to the guy next to me, and he was kind of high level, didn't talk to me a lot. He went into resource. And so, and he wrote G.I. Joe, which you see what everybody else has wrote on the list. There's a protocol to show and tell. And you would see what everybody else, and you wouldn't try to one-up somebody or bring what they brought. But he wrote G.I. Joe, and I was like, why are you trying to do that for? So the next week, school's about over. We're going to have our end-of-the-year school party. That's the week of the uh, show-and-tell Super Bowl. And so they said, hey, okay, Dean, so everybody's going to go. So he says, who wants to go first? He, ooh, I'll go first. He's going to try to show his G.I. Joe first. Ooh, I'll go Joe. He had an Eddie Haskell spirit on him trying to, you know, be real nice, but he was wicked, devil wicked. And, and he, I'll go first. And so, okay, Johnny, come up here and show yours. So he, he comes up there, and he's got his G.I. Joe in a box. Please. What's a G.I. Joe doing in a box? And he sits it up. My G.I. Joe is in a box. It's, a, it's in a closet collector's edition. Nobody's got one just like it. It's in a box. It's a scuba G.I. Joe. I'm in the back saying, it ain't never seen water. Don't know it's a scuba G.I. Joe. Don't nobody. He don't even know it's in the water. It's in a box special edition. My dad brought it here. He's going to come get it in five minutes because he's got to go lock back up in the closet. And so the lady said, oh, okay, Johnny, that's real special. And so what you, can, we, can you pass it around? I can't pass it around. Nobody can touch it. You just walk by and look at it. So everybody just kind of, okay, great, great, great. So I'll say, okay, Dino, do you want, are you ready? Okay, great. I got up and I brought my G.I. Joe. I said, my G.I. Joe has lived in the backyard with a dog on a chain. 
My G.I. Joe had an M80 strapped to its back, blown it off because my G.I. Joe has seen war. I lit its hair on fire. My G.I. Joe been to battle. My G.I. Joe's leg has been duct taped. Tear its leg off. I don't care. I got duct tape at the house. Here, pass it around. Stomp on it. Throw it up against the wall. It's a real G.I. Joe. It's not in a box. It's not in a closet. It's not a collector's edition. It's a real live G.I. Joe. Place went wild. Kids stood up, gave me a standing ovation. Resource got a standing ovation. Yes. Say, what's that got to do with church? What's that got to do with an invite? It's got everything to do with an invite because life is not lived in a box, in a locked up closet. Life is lived in the backyard with a dog on a chain, your hair lit on fire, M80 strapped to your back. And that's what the world needs. Come on, clap your hands if you believe that. That's an invitation. That'll change your life. That'll help somebody. That's an invite. My real life, my real pain, my real situation. Because I live my life and I am not alone. And that's the power of an invite. That's what people are looking for. Look for your moment this week. That invitation you'll get handed when you walk out of here. Oh, it's an invitation to a wild world, all right. It's an invitation to a forgiven world. It's an invitation to a healed world. It's an invitation to a fresh start world. Amen.